punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Hello, welcome to Nesson Bruins Podcast from Nesson.com. Mike Colt joined, as always, by Nesson.com, Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? I'm good, Mike. Another week. Yep, another week indeed. Um, I... You know, we'll get into uh, actually th- today. We're going to do a little bit of a uh, a review of the regular season, as the regular season is officially dead, uh, or what we knew of the regular season. It's we're going to be in a weird regular postseason uh, for a few weeks once this thing gets started again before the actual playoffs begin. Um, and the uh, the nomenclature uh, and the uh, naming <laughs> mechanisms of that are still to be determined, I believe. But uh, for all intents and purposes, the regular season as we know it is dead. So we will. Uh, get to that. Uh, we'll as a as a review of the season. We will review our predictions from earlier in the year and kind of revisit those and see where we missed uh, with the Bruins and with the NHL in general. Um, before that, uh, we can check in on uh, the state of the league and in the return efforts and where that is. Um, before that, I think we'd be remiss and borderline obtuse to not mention everything that's going on in the uh, in America right now. Uh, in terms of racial injustice and things like of that nature. Um, I will just say, I think the NHL probably has a, a lot of work to do, or the sport of hockey yeah. has a lot of work to do. And I think it is heartening in some regards to see uh, the attitude that a lot of hockey players are taking uh, towards trying to educate themselves, try to be better uh, in, in propping up the black community moving forward. So I think that that is uh, a pat on the back to those guys, especially just pretty much before we came on here, Patrice Bergeron with, one of the better statements you'll see. And I think that's kind of a problem with this whole thing is like, we're getting into like scoring and judging statements, which is kind of defeats a lot of the purpose. Um, But, you know, I think Bergeron is one of the more genuine people in the entire world, let alone professional sports. Um, And, you know, he's donating $50,000 and he says uh, he's going to be taking a more invested uh, role in trying to educate himself and and help those around him. So uh, I just wanted to kind of, give him credit for that. I think if that's the kind of guy who's going to be leading this initiative for the entire sport, uh, I think that's a good thing for, for the, uh, you know, the diversity in hockey moving forward. And that's my part. Sure. I don't know if you have anything to add or. No, I think you covered it pretty well. I think the sport has a long way to go. I think when you listen to black players and you listen to the experiences that guys like Akeem Alou have been through, there's, you have to have your ha- head about 20 feet into the sand to not know that there is a problem with yep. hockey and they do have a long way to go, uh, you know, both in terms of the culture within the sport and the way they reach out to the community, uh, specifically the black community. So it's going to be a while. Um, and, and I think it goes, you know, hand in hand with a lot of, I guess, the statements and the social media movements that are coming with this where, if you're willing to put something on Twitter, Instagram, what have you, great, but how do you follow it up, right? Like, how do you actually make uh, more tangible change? Uh, yep. And so, and that's where the league has to go from there. And, you know, we've said it already, long way to go. So I don't know specifically where they start. I don't know where they think they need to start. Um, but I think there are at least some, there are, you look at the Patrice Bergeron example, you look at what Braden Holtby said, yep. like there are guys who's, heads I think are in the right places and probably are the ones that you want in terms of white players uh, leading the charge in all of this. So we'll, we'll see, you know, I, 
I stopped short of getting my hopes up for meaningful change coming from the league because we just, we haven't always seen it, you know, and that goes for really any population outside of white cisgender heterosexual males, um, you know, so they've got a ways to go, but it seems like there's at least some level of commitment that maybe wasn't there before. Um, so, you know. yeah. And yeah, for, for better or worse, you know, you can make the argument for both. It feels like this is different this time around. Um, it's a shame and detestable that it got to this point that for change to actually take place and uh, for that momentum to build. But uh, like, you know, like you said, hopefully they are in the right direction. Like I said, uh, if you got guys like Patrice Bergeron leading the cavalry, you're going to be all right. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. And that's just, it's a very long-term uh, project yeah. for the league and for the sport and for, you know, quite frankly, the country. So um, got to crawl before you can walk. But I think, like I said, it would be kind of disingenuous for us to not mention that uh, and then just dive into hockey when hockey yeah. around right now. So um, now that we have discussed that, uh, Let's get into the developments uh, on the return to play. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The return to play plan, the return to play uh, endeavor. Uh, basically, not a whole lot going on. Uh, we have, I think the well has run dry, and that's to be expected after the NHL made their announcement last week. Um, I think right now, you know, the next thing that you're looking for is how are you going to keep the players safe? Um, and, you know, they're kind of, you know, I think they're still debating that. I think the, the idea of testing daily is on the table. Um, which is, I guess, a good thing. Uh, you know, that's that's what I'm most interested to see is like the, you know, I mentioned this before too, but what does the, the plan look like? You know, baseball put out its very detailed 67-page report. I imagine hockey is going to have a similar uh, set of guidelines, but it's going to be difficult because it's hockey and they're sweating and spitting all over the place and, yeah. you know, hitting each other. And uh, just think of a, a scrum around the net. There are going to be some hurdles from the clear. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot going on. I think here locally, the big news is, you know, uh, Massachusetts governor, Charlie Baker announced, I think late last week, uh, that, Friday, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. That on June six teams will be allowed to return to their practice facilities. Um, which is a, another encouraging step for the return of sports and for the return of hockey, what that means for the Bruins. I'm not entirely sure, uh, because they can't, the NHL hasn't, formally moved on to the next phase so i don't think they can practice but can they get so could they get in the building to skate around now then is that i i don't know i think baker's executive order is predicated on, on the guys yeah. following the yeah. orders of their league so you know charlie baker can say whatever he wants if the league says you can't get into your facilities right now they can't get into their facilities um but yeah. i i mean Today, we're recording this on June 3rd. I think for a while, the plan has been they'll enter the next phase in early June. So yep. I would say that is imminent, that sort of announcement, I would uh, say especially since we've, yeah. you know, uh, Andrew Cuomo has given the go-ahead in New York. They've gotten the go-ahead in New Jersey. Like some of these states that I guess you would regard as like problem states yep. are ones where there are the largest outbreaks and the biggest hurdles to overcome, they've started to get clearance. And so, you know, you've opened the door up for the Bruins. I guess it doesn't matter for the Devils, but the Rangers and Islanders as well. Um, so looks like it's heading in the right direction yeah. whenever they get the go-ahead. Yep. 
So, I, yeah, I, like I said, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not a whole lot else. And it's not surprising, like I said, like they – what is the – only bad news can come out right now in between now and yeah. restarting. Well, I, I realize in the interest of full transparency, my uh, hunch, take, whatever you want to call it, has been that the NHL is content to just follow the NBA's lead and that one day after the NBA made their announcement, the NHL would make theirs. So I'm going to not couch my take, but they have pretty much tomorrow or Friday to make an announcement for that to actually come to fruition. So if that's a race, do you think the NHL is behind the NBA? If they also start in late July, no. But, like, no, I mean, in terms of getting information out there. Like, the NHL came out with a plan a week before the NBA did. Yeah, I think – I mean – there's such a long layoff, right? Like, we still have almost two months until we're going to get the first NBA games. Yeah. Like, if the NHL ends up – because the rumors have been late July, early August would probably be a best-case scenario for them. The NHL comes out and they say, yeah, you know what, we're actually going to start playing on July 31st as well. There's still going to be, you know, X amount of weeks of downtime. So it's not like – you know, it's a race to necessarily get games going. Like, once you get the green light, okay, you're off and running and you're playing again. Yeah. So, I, I don't think the timing of the announcements really matters all that much. Oh, well, I, was, I, I thought that was your point. So was, No, my, my point was that the NBA had been taking the lead on actually, like, committing to returning. Sure. Uh, they were the first ones to really cancel, um, you know, in the NHL. What was that? They were a Thursday or – the, the Rudy Gobert, not Rudy Gobert, but that Jazz Thunder game, I think, was on Wednesday. Wednesday night. And that's when the NBA shut things down. And then the NHL was the next day. So, you know, the, the NBA won't become official until Thursday. So that's why I'm giving myself a two-day grace period here to say they have until Friday. But I don't know. I mean, they may not. They, so you don't think the NHL is official? I guess that's – I don't. We're splitting hairs. I mean – I. I I don't. Um, if they haven't they don't re- I mean, even look at baseball. Like, the NHL has not released any health practices, you know, anything of the like so far. Like, they have their return to play format. They've pretty much kind of gone the opposite of what other leagues have done, where for the most part, other leagues have been like, okay, here's what it's going to look like from a health and safety perspective. And then they get to the format part and finish hammering that out. The league's like, We've got our format set in stone. And like we said last week, I don't think they announced that unless they are confident that they can get an adequate testing plan and health and safety plan in place. But they, you know, they still haven't really made that info public or it hasn't been leaked like it was for other leagues. So it's tough to say that the NHL, you know, with complete conviction is coming back. I think the NBA coming back certainly helps the NHL's case in a sense that I think it gives them a little bit more motivation to be like, okay, well, if the other winter sport is going, we might as well too. So, Yeah. One to ten, where are you at? Um, after – honestly, after the NBA thing, I think I'm at like a nine. Uh, that I – I think they're coming back. It's it's funny you mention that. I think I'm up to like a six or a seven. Like, <laughs> see that that is more of I a know. notable difference than me going to a nine. 
It, well, and I probably should have been there last week because not a whole lot has changed. But I guess it's just one week without a huge setback behind us mm-hmm. makes me more, you know, confident that it'll happen. So yeah, I, there's just at this point there are so many parts moving now. Everything has been set into motion, which is not to say it's going to happen or it's a formality, but like. Once you get to a certain point, you really have to kind of commit to it. I think everybody's getting there really across this, the board except for baseball. Well, my thing, too, is no league has been as steadfast in their, You're right. I guess, apparent desire in wanting to finish the season. Like, Adam Silver really danced around <clears> – excuse me. Adam Silver really danced around the idea of – like committing to the NBA coming back this season. Like there are definitely points where it looked like the NBA might just have to fold up shop. Um, yeah. So whereas the NHL from day one has been like, no, like we want to finish out the Stanley cup. Literally playoffs. since day one. Yeah. In their through, freaking statement, they put that through. And so formal I, and through back channels, they have said we're on a pause. Like they made right. And you've clear. got your commissioner talking to season ticket holders yep. saying that he's confident. They're gonna be back. There's no, like, but from a pure PR slash saving face standpoint, you look like an ass if you do that for the last two, yep. three months and then turn around when one league is of a similar size is already coming back. Yep. And you go, ah, oh, you know what? I think we're going to forego it a little bit. If, so, uh, if they get through this and they actually play, like there's going to be a long conversation to be had about giving the NHL credit at some point and giving Gary Bettman credit. Yeah, and I mean, there's gonna be I mean, there's credit for everybody to go around if they all pull this off, but they've you know the guy gets dumped on a lot, the league gets dumped on a lot. If they pull this off and do it relatively, you know, safe and doesn't completely screw up the sport for the next ten years, then that's they're gonna get they deserve the credit. But we're I don't yeah. think we're there yet, but I think we're getting closer. So. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, and I think and real quick, and yeah, this no, will ahead. this will tie into the Charlie Baker thing. You know, when I first – and I might have mentioned this last week, but when I first saw the reports that they were like best-case scenario to start games would be the end of July, I was thinking this doesn't really look that good. But then I thought about the fact that guys can start to skate again. And so if you allow guys to skate for like a month and then you have training camps and you start diving back into games, like for one, the quality of hockey is going to be a little bit better. And looking at the NBA being done by, what is it, October 7th, October 12th? Yeah, October 12th. Um, It's like, you know, it'll kind of mess up the following season, but after that you start to get on track. And so it's that idea of beginning games again, especially the way the NHL is doing it. Like the NBA has eight regular season games they're going to play. The NHL might be able to get to the postseason a little bit quicker. So I think that there's a – at first I was cynical and thinking, like, you know, if they want to get this season off, they're going to have to start games back up like July 1. I've moved off that. And I think by allowing guys to work out a bit too and get into skating shape for like a month, better skating shape than they otherwise would have been, it's a promising step for them. Yeah, that's a thing too where like the NBA saying we're okay going to mid-October, the NHL can kind of say the same thing too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the main event, what we're all here for, uh, which is exposing you as a fraud. Uh, a Not a fraud. I got, I got many things right. <laughs> I, I got some things so right, like down to the detail. All right. And then there were other things I was miles off on. 
we'll get it. We'll get into it. Uh, like I said, the, the regular season is over. Um, the NHL like made a formal announcement too about that after the return to play thing. Like it was like three days later, like, no, the regular season is done. We're, we're done. The Bruins won the president's uh, trophy and, and uh, you know, here's who won the, it's uh, uh, the rocket Richard and all. So they've, uh, they're done um, for, for, all intents and purposes, uh, which gave us the idea to kind of go back and uh, look at our uh, preseason predictions. Before we, we get into it too much, we both were kind of bearish on the Bruins, uh, no pun intended. Yeah, uh, we look like a couple of clowns for that. Relatively speaking. I, you, you, know, you think back to the time where, like, a lot of people were concerned about such a short layoff. Yeah, and but the thing is, I thought it was interesting, Zdeno Chara on his uh, Zoom call with reporters last week, or whatever it was, said they kind of were like – they almost embraced it. Like, we're still in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, and they yeah. came out like a house of fire because they were on a – they didn't have that ramp-up period. And I guess that goes one of two ways, right? Either – you know, I guess in, in hindsight you can say that it worked out. But uh, they kind of were like, well, we didn't really have a whole lot of time to relax. So it was basically we were playing playoff games again. And, and they – I think that's going to be the thing, too, that gets forgotten is how good they were early on and how they were – They were really, fantastic. That early – that early start, too, which was against – what, it was Dallas, Arizona, yeah, right. and Vegas. And yeah. Colorado and Vegas. Um, like, that that was a tough start to the year. And I think the only game that they lost was that one to Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Which was the overtime game or the one where – DeBrusque had that goal called back. Yeah, it was. It's exactly what it was. Yep. And then uh, I think they had – yeah, and they went toe-to-toe with uh, Tampa at home early in there. I think it was a shootout lot. But, like, whatever. So, like, wire to wire, they were as good as could be. They were, you know, if not the best team, one of the three or four best teams in the entire NHL for the yeah. entirety of that season. Um, so, we were both kind of wrong on that. I think – let me just look it up real quick. Uh, I had – Tampa winning the division, Toronto coming in second, and the Bruins coming in third. You had the Bruins as a wild card team. I did have the Bruins as a wild card team. Uh, I missed the mark on that. You had uh, the Lightning, Panthers, and Toronto all ahead of uh, the Bruins, so you will feel ashamed for for some of that. But we both were, you know, things get weird now, too. Like, the predictions are going to look even odder because so many teams are making the playoffs or whatever. I'm telling you, that my my Stanley Cup final prediction was Vegas over Florida. And – if Sergei Bobrovsky gets hot this postseason, yeah. we could get a Panthers Golden Knights final. I I think the and NHL, I will watch every second of it. There will be some sort of frozen envelope theory with the NHL making sure whether it's the team bus breaks down on the the short drive from the MGM Grand to the uh, to the arena to make sure one of those teams does not get to the Stanley Cup final because that would not be uh, a market heavy Cup final. Um, but, what do you think – sorry, quick pause. Yeah. What do you think is the worst possible Stanley Cup final for the league right now? It's got to be like Minnesota, Florida. That's exactly what I was going to say. But yeah. Minnesota's a good – Minnesota, hockey. Columbus. Yeah, that's that's up there too. Uh, yeah. Those are pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> Arizona. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like any of those, Colorado even – you know, Colorado has a all right. Colorado, game. Florida, a rematch uh, of yeah. 96 or whatever, 97. Yeah, we don't need to go too far down that rabbit hole. But, no. uh, but that would be – yeah, so there's – that's uh, – yeah, hopefully you're wrong, I guess, is a long way of uh, getting there. 
Uh, we did some bold Bruins predictions. Um, well, first, actually, we're, these are still to be graded, but uh, I said anything short of the Eastern Conference Finals would be a disappointing outcome for the Bruins. Uh, you were a little bit nicer to them, but I think we're both kind of expecting that at this point. Um, yeah. But it, I, you kind of have to readjust those expectations. You do, yeah, because, I mean – Who knows? Especially if they don't reseed, too. Like, if the yeah. Bruins end up getting, you know, Columbus in the first round. Now, I think they will reseed, but they still could run into a buzzsaw. Like, they – again, I think the Dark Horse team in this postseason that benefits the most from the systems, the New York Rangers. If they reseed, there's a chance the Bruins get the Rangers. Yeah. Um, and, like, I can see – uh, New York stealing that series like it's just it's gonna be a weird postseason and that's why I think the league is afraid of some of these outcomes because it's not that far-fetched to get you know a couple of 10 seeds in the cup final yeah. like you know we might just see some weird stuff this year I will say though there's absolutely nobody the Bruins would play in the first round in which it wouldn't be a disappointment if they didn't sure. win. yeah sure. they doesn't matter who they play, they should win. But uh, bold predictions, let's start with yours. Uh, you had Carson Coleman becomes a long-term solution on the second line. Uh, you said now? For, for the first time since Jerome Ginla, David Krejci will have stable line mates with Krejci, DeBrusque, <laughs> and Coleman. Well, my, you know, I re-listened to that podcast. It was, what, October 2nd that we recorded? Yeah. That was literally like the day before the Dallas game. So my logic I still stand by, which was the Bruins had nobody else that they could use that you – know, they had nobody else that provided the skill set necessary to supplement that line quite like Carson Kuhlman did. Like, and I think I used Peter Solark and Ryan Donato as examples for guys who, when they weren't scoring, they were effectively useless. Like they, they had no particularly noteworthy defensive ability – Whereas Carson Kuhlman has a good shot and he is a solid 200 foot player. And so, and I also said, you're conveniently leaving out. I also said that barring injury, that would be a, a long-term solution. And Carson Kuhlman got injured and was out for what, like two and a half months or yeah. something like that. And it took him a while to find his footing again. Uh, so while, while, uh, no, he's fine. He's back. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but it took him a little bit to like get back on track. Um, and so while that didn't necessarily pan out and I will concede too, I think they rolled with him on that second line, literally up until he got hurt. Uh, but he got off to a pretty slow start. So I still hold out hope for that one a little bit. Um, but I I think, I think at this point we're probably, (laughs) I think at this point it's looking, (laughs) shut up. I think at this point it's looking a little bit more likely that we get like Andre Kasha on the second line. Con Smythe winner, uh, Carson Coleman. Hey, you never know. Uh, they, they they love him. They played yeah. the last two games of the Cup final. All right, and, so and scored in Game Six. The, uh, um, the Andre Kasha mention brings me to one of my bold predictions, uh, which was the I said the Bruins will make a quote blockbuster trade. Uh, at the trade deadline, we could sit here and debate the meaning and the definition of a it was blockbuster a blockbuster. Trade. In the, it was a blockbuster in the sense that they got out from under the yes. back. And so I even mentioned that I said I think they'll make a trade involving a somehow using a first round pick to get out from underneath Backus's deal. Uh, they yeah, did that was exactly, pretty good. 
they did exactly that. They traded uh, David back as a first round pick and uh, a, a prospect as Anderson, Anderson yeah. uh, to Anaheim for Andre Kasha. Kasha now is basically Carson Coleman. So <laughs> yeah, Kasha is what they wanted. Kasha is going to be one of those things. that's going to be interesting to see how he plays coming out of this, how he plays next year. Kind of forgotten, I think, um, in, in you know this whole entire thing is that. He's on the Bruins now. He looked pretty Yeah, it took him a bit to get going. Yeah. I think he just – he looks good with them. That's neither here nor there. The point being, I nailed that 100%. Um, your other bold take was that the we kind of touched on this already. The Bruins would uh, end up being a wild card team this year. You were very wrong about that. That's Yeah, I, I missed the mark on that one a little bit. Uh, and, you know, we have to get to the other bold prediction made by me, which was David Pasternak would be a Hart Trophy finalist. I don't know if he's going to be a hard trophy finalist. But he'll maybe. he'll be on ballots. Like if nothing close. else, he'll get he'll get third place votes. That is that's a good one. I, yeah, that that was a pretty good one. Because he was, I mean, it's not surprising, but again, there's a lot of good players in this league, which brings us to another one of your things that we'll get to later <laughs> with your top five players in the league entering this season but uh you know yeah. i i sat on that a little bit more i'm not gonna back down off of that too there's much. one really bad pick in that entire thing that we'll i get. think i know what you're referring to. yeah uh all right so let's just real quick because we're, we're running short on time um in the atlantic we went over that uh in the metro you had washington carolina the rangers uh one through three with pittsburgh coming in fourth uh i had washington carolina and pittsburgh with the Rangers as a wild card. So I think if I'm not mistaken, we had really the same four teams there, just in different, uh, yeah. you had Pittsburgh as a wild card too, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Yeah. Um, I on give myself credit for getting something wrong. Cause I said, maybe I'm sleeping on a team like Philly, uh, the team that you expected yeah. to finish second to last in the entire conference. I did. And I, yeah, I was, I was high on, I was high on the devils at the beginning of the year. Um, so now Philly is in that, Round robin, all of a sudden, With that I keep forgetting about that. It's like Philly is involved in this somehow. Yeah, Philly's um, nice. Yeah, so I think uh, do, 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 do. not a whole lot to add there. I think we kind of touched on yeah. all. We can switch over to the Western Conference. The West is where things got pretty wild, for better or for worse. Yeah, and uh, in the Central Division, you had Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg as your top three. Uh, and I will give you credit for this. Uh, regarding the Nashville Predators, you oh, said – Oh, I was so on with Nashville. You said they won't fade as uh, fade as much as some expect, but they won't be the force they have been. Um, that, that is, like, spot on. What are they, a wild card? They would have been a yeah, wild card. Yeah, they, they would have been, I think, the second wild card. If I'm not mistaken, their goal differential is either, like, zero or two, plus yeah. two. So, like, they're right – they have just been average for the entire year. Um, I picked them to win the division, so I, I still am going to miss on that. Uh, we were both very high on Dallas. That has proved to be pretty, yeah, uh, pretty solid on our part. And I had Winnipeg as the third uh, place team there with St. Louis and Colorado as wild yeah. cards. I will say we were both very wrong on St. Louis too. Like we were, yeah. I thought I, they were going to be a wild card team. We weren't even I, sure. We talked about them missing the playoffs. Yeah, I caught heat for them for this last year, but I, <laughs> I thought the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup final more than the uh, Blues won it. And so yeah. I was expecting steep regression this year. Yeah, and they've been I'm world beaters too. And the other thing is too is like you had to wonder, like, how much that style, and you know, it really how good is Baruby? Like, 
yeah. you know, with that last, it just didn't seem sustainable, but it has. You know, would Bennington continue to be as good as he was in the, yeah. the cup final, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, uh, we I will were, say a quick, quick side note, jumping across divisions real quick, or conferences real quick. I did call that the Leafs weren't going to be the wagon that everyone That's true, about. yes. I meant to bring that up and give you credit for that, but I forgot. Sorry. Um, it just – that balances off your Columbus finishing last in the Metro. Uh, I did say, though, that the only yes. reason Columbus finished last in, or would finish last in the Metro was because that division was so good. Yep. I said that they were not going to be as bad as everyone thought they would be. I did uh, not predict Elvis Merzlikens coming out of the clouds <laughs> and becoming like a Calder finalist, but as we on were. The, on the Pacific, uh, we were both very high on Vegas, had them winning the division. You had San Jose and Calgary rounding out the top three there. San Jose – Big time swing and a miss. Yeah, um, I had Edmonton way down, too. Yeah, that was a tough one. I just completely slept on Edmonton as well. I didn't have a wild card team out of the Pacific, but I had Vegas, Calgary, and Arizona. I was higher on Arizona. Just well, Actually, my my logic for Arizona was like nobody's picking Arizona, and it, there's one team that comes out of nowhere every year, so I'm going to go with them. And also, I just was like Phil Kessel. Yeah, uh, you so, like Phil Kessel. Um, Arizona, though, they're in, though, right? So, they are, yeah. They yeah. sure are. And they got Taylor Hall. So. Got to get the dance, yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, yeah, I would give us a, a solid B for our divisional picks. I mean, across yeah. The- I mean, we had – we swung and missed on the things that a lot of people did, yeah. like San Jose. Um, I, I think say, yeah, we, we got a little – I mean, I don't want to paint with a broad brush here and include you, but, I mean, there were a few things where I wanted to – branch out and get a little gutsy and I was wrong like the Bruins with a wild card and saying that the Rangers would win their uh be a division team and whatnot so a scummy thing to say I mean I'm sorry I was right I you know I'd rather be right than bold or whatever even when I was bold I was right so uh yeah. anyway uh you had Florida over Tampa in the Eastern Conference final uh, I'm Vegas. still I'm still holding on to that I you think got Vegas over Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. You have a uh, Panthers-Golden Knights final, as we mentioned. Who do you like winning the Cup? I still like Vegas. And I think that goaltending matters in the playoffs, and they made their goaltending even better. Uh, That that Flurry-Leonard duo is going to be very good, I think. And Robin Leonard might not even see the ice all that much. Um, But I I like their depth. I like their experience, and I think the goaltending helps. I would not be surprised to see Dallas come out either. I do think they have one of, if not the best defenses in the league. It's interesting you mentioned that. I had Dallas winning the Western Conference Final over Vegas. I got Tampa winning the Eastern Conference Final over Toronto. Don't love that one as much anymore, <laughs> at least Toronto being there. But I like Tampa winning the Cup and the ultimate revenge. And it would just be funny they win – they come back to avenge that last year and just they do it in an empty rink somewhere in Vegas or whatever. That would be funny. Uh, so you uh, you also had your top five players in the league right now. Um, Connor McDavid. That's not Kutra- yeah. Connor McDavid, that one I, I'll stand by. And Nikita then Kutrov. Nikita Kucherov, he regressed. Um, but still, I mean. It, at bad. the time, like, that, that was – not reaching that much. Artemi Panarin, which is third. I still – I think he – That was a good one. And, I think – yeah, I think now he is probably the most valuable player in the league. We've been over this. Uh, I am guessing my fourth pick was the one you disagree with. Correct. Which is the criminally underrated Sasha Barkov. Yeah. 
Um, but even so, like, he might be underrated. I still don't think he's one of the five best players in the NHL. Huh. It, Ho-hum, yeah, 62 points. Yeah, uh, he's, and, he's uh, a valuable player. And, and then Nathan, Nathan McKinnon. Sure, fine. And, right. yeah, Nathan McKinnon has almost single-handedly kept the Colorado Avalanche afloat. You know, he's driving a first line with a couple goofballs yep. while Nico Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog were out, so. Goofballs, what a word. Uh, cool, so fine, nice job there. Uh, teams, I and I am a team's most likely to, quote, pull a blues this year, <laughs> which is – be, have high expectations. You suck. have so many parameters for this. High expectations. They suck. Maybe fire the coach, rehire somebody like a Philly goon, uh, and take off. Um, I had Winnipeg, St. Louis, Carolina, and Columbus doing that. None of those really fit the the bowl, the, the mold. Winnipeg no. could end up. Being Winnipeg was close to flaming out, but I don't think they were ever going to like give up on Paul Maurice. Or right, anything. but I could see Hellebuck, you know, going. Getting yeah, if Hellebuck was like even the least bit leaky this year, they would have those. So who knows? Uh, Columbus is a, a sneaky good one on the list too. So, uh, and finally, the one real bold uh, thing that I, I kind of took away from the end. Uh, you, this is a our, our best prediction. You and I said, or I said, we will try to convene a little more regularly than we did last year. We did, yeah, and we did that. So. Um, we came through on our uh, our end of the bargain. Yeah. I I don't the only I prediction that matters, I might Correct. Uh, and with that, we will wrap up for the week and commit to being back again next week. Well, maybe not next week because I'm uh, I'm on PTO, but maybe I'll uh, I'll give you a call and we'll we'll shoot the shoot the breeze about the old uh, hockey sticks and pucks and such. So um, right. it's been a it's been a joy and a privilege uh, to discuss this all with you today, Logan. Likewise, Mike. All right, uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes uh, or Spotify or just, you know, or everywhere. Leave us five-star reviews. Tell us how great we are, and we will continue to do uh, satisfactory work. So uh, that's it for the Nelson Bruins podcast. We will catch you again next week. See you.